as contractors, we will start to work on completing the punch list that the homeowner gave us, and then another item gets added, and then another item gets added, <laughs> and then another <laughs> fucking item gets added. <laughs> and wait a second, this was one page. What happened? It turned into right. three. <laughs> and that's and that's not the way this works, guys. You know, it, it you've got to take the time in those yeah. seven days to go through your home and make sure that you're crossing T's and dotting I's. You're at home with the cousins. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Home with the Cousins. We are running back through the project planning series. If you've listened to this before, it is definitely worth another listen. There is an absolute ton of information in these seven episodes. I would also encourage you to share this with a friend. Think about somebody who's got an upcoming renovation, wants to do a home remodel, and really isn't prepared to do so. Share this episode. Share this series with those people. We really want to share knowledge here. After these seven episodes, we will be back with all fresh content. Without further ado... Jump into it. All right, so as a quick recap, uh, last episode, we defined what a walkthrough is. What is it? Basically, you know, it's a dedicated time on the job site for you and your GC to walk through at predetermined phases of construction so that you can ask the questions you need to ask, get the answers that you want, and tackle any conflicts or potential conflicts that you may see in order to solve those problems before they become more expensive to solve, before the sheetrock is up, before they're hidden in the walls and you got to go demolishing things that are brand new in order to get, in order to get those, uh, those things repaired. Um, and, and that's basically, you know, why they are as important as they are. Um, we want to make sure that the job site is not functioning at that time. It's quiet, it's clean, and you have a dedicated time to be walking and talking with your GC. Plans in hand. Uh, you you've studied your plans. You you know you know what's going on on the job site. The two walkthroughs we covered last time uh, was post demolition. So once demo is completed and cleaned up, uh, walking through and and seeing what your existing conditions look like, um, and any potential conflicts that could arise from uh, from a myriad of things that 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 you might see. And then your post-rough inspection walkthrough, uh, which is after all your roughs have been passed, uh, you've got your your plumbing sticker, you've got your electrical sticker, uh, fire if it's required, and you've got your building uh, in uh, rough building inspection sticker. Um, and the idea here is to look at all the locations of the electrical wires and the plumbing pipes to make sure they are where they should be based on your set of plans. Um, you know, having that handy roll of painter's tape with you to, to tape out uh, some items so that you can visualize them on the floor, see size and scale within your rooms. Um, so for any more detail than that, just go back one episode, take a good listen, um, and, uh, and you'll get into all the detail there. All right, so this episode, my man, Johnny. Here we go. We've got uh, final inspection walkthrough, and we've got the punch, punch list, list walkthrough. This is exciting now, right? This, this is, is the job's over, baby. The job's over. Yeah. I mean, I think coming out the other side. Oh, I mean, I think we all can take a deep breath. We got there. This is this is the fun time because 
you really see the project come together, the months, weeks, we don't know how long your project's been, but finally you see the vision and you see that your project is complete and now your shoulders have kind of relaxed <laughs> and you said your contractor, thank you. We are here and I am ready to enjoy my house. But there's a couple important things to kind of wrap it up, right? We want that that ribbon on top to make it just right. perfect so we don't have any more issues. So um, real briefly, I'm going to talk about the difference between final and punch inspections or walkthroughs rather. Um, and then we'll go back and, and cover this in detail. So your, your post-final inspection walkthrough is the last walkthrough you're going to do with your general contractor. The punchless walkthrough you're going to be doing on your own or with your spouse, your significant other, uh, whatever the case may be. Um, the, the, the final inspection walkthrough is making sure the major items all work, you understand everything, um, the general contractor points out whatever detail they, they feel necessary, and you ask any questions that come off the top of your head at that time. The punchless walkthrough you're going to accomplish within about a week of the final inspection, and you're really going to dive deep on all the details. Uh, you know, missing paint, uh, grout that's not completed, um, doors that need adjustment, and the like. So, so that that's really where the difference uh, between those two punch lists are. The the main one is the the punch list walkthrough is the one that you're doing by yourself, and the final post final inspection walkthrough is the one that you're doing with your GC. Um, so, uh, John, maybe take us through some of the things that, that you're looking for, you know, kind of on a higher level when sure. you're doing your final inspection walkthrough with your general contractor. Well, I think the first and foremost, and I think it's kind of obvious, maybe obvious to us, but it's the mechanicals. Um, those are the high level items, yes. the most expensive, um, the ones that you have to maintain and the ones that you really have to pay attention to. And when I'm walking through with my clients, one, I like to give them all the manuals. So I think that's something that you guys make sure that you have all the manuals for whatever you're putting inside your house. So if you need reference, it's right there. It's easy to go back to. Warranty cards uh, Warranty as well. cards. Yep. I was just going to – that was my <laughs> next thing. I was, I was going to say, hey, guys, look, I know. And I will say I I do it a lot too. I, I take those warranty cards and I never fill them out, yeah. right? You're like, oh, I'm not going to need them. But they are important because you should send that stuff in because if you have a problem – all of our appliances today, they come with a two-year, five-year, depending on what the parts are and, and what they're covering. But those are things, when you call up, that's it. It's in the system. They see it there, and it's nice and easy. So I know it's maybe a little tedious, and sometimes yeah. <laughs> you don't want to do it, but you should. It's You spent a lot of money um, on these appliances, and you should be covered. And if something goes wrong, you should not have to be paying for it. So do that walkthrough. Get all the manuals. Make sure that the contractor is showing you how everything functions. And, you know, I think in, in today's age, a lot of people don't want to understand what's going on with the mechanicals, right? They say, you know what, I'll just call somebody. But if you know the basics and something happens, then you don't have to worry about spending extra money to call somebody or to have someone come out and say, look, it's so easy. You had to hit this one switch yeah. or, or you had to clean this one filter. Well, and let's just cl clarify too. Like we're not saying – it's not the contractor's responsibility to show you how your appliances work, right? I, I highly recommend that you're turning on and, and operating each and every appliance. Make sure the oven heats up. Make yeah. sure the gas fires on the stove. Make sure when – 
when you turn your kitchen faucet on, there's no leaks uh, under the under the sink or or up around the countertop area. Make sure everything works. The things that you want your contractor to show you how they work, for example, um, what happens if the pilot light goes out on your water heater? Yep. Where where's the check window? How do you turn the gas on and off for that? Um, as John just mentioned, uh, the location and the size of the filter for your air handling unit. Um, these are all things that the more mechanical system as opposed to appliance that you should get a real good understanding as to how they work. Um, and when you are going through and you're learning about the filters, those are things that are going to make your unit or whatever you have last longer as well. So it's, it's very important you know, in, in, in today's age with how advanced all um, all of our mechanicals and, you know, really majority of things you put in have computers inside of them. So you just want to make sure that you're understanding how to really maintain those and just keep them lasting for a long period of time. For example, um, when I was putting in my new washing machines. So I don't I don't know if you have this in in your house here currently. Wash dry fold, bro. <laughs> don't worry about it. So so in my washing machine and I and I assume this is just a new feature in a lot of them, it actually has a, a filter on the bottom for all of the water that you have to clean that filter out. It says about every month to month and a half. Again, it's filtering the water going washing your clothes so you're not getting any of those particles sure. and keeping your, your clothes clean. I never had that before. It was it was a it was a brand new washing machine. This is something I was like, oh okay. You know, I'm gonna make sure that I clean that filter out every month to month and a half. Um, and when I did it the first time, it was doing what it was supposed to do. It was it was filled. So if I forgot huh. to do that interesting. If I forgot to do that, maybe, I don't know, but I could have had a problem. So those are things that I think you just want to look for. And I think another note you were hitting on talking about the plumbing and the gas and ble guys, one thing to make sure is um, I think we really want to make sure that you are any gas lines, you are bleeding those, those gas well, lines. The, the contractor needs the to contractor. Be, he, the he could be there with needs you. To be yes, bleeding exactly. That line. So um, that's why you're, that's why you're turning on the gas on the stove is to make sure that it lights. So you know that the line has been bled yep. and you know, just because one line is bled doesn't mean the other is. So if the gas works on, on the stovetop, well, then you want to make sure you turn your faucet on and you get hot water. Because if, if the line hasn't been bled for the hot water heater, you're taking a cold shower that night. Or if you don't realize it till 11 p.m., you know, the contractor isn't running back out. And, you know, there's a lot of, of complexity. Look, we're on, we're on uh, episode seven here. There's a lot of complexity we've gone through in this project. So things can get miss, missed or overlooked or just simply forgotten. So during this uh, post-final inspection walkthrough, if you're turning all these things on, you're double-checking the contractor by simply making sure each item functions the way it's supposed to. And if it doesn't, they're going to know how to get it to function that way. You don't need to worry about that part. And something that, that I like to do on all of my faucets, shower heads, everything, let it run. I, I really, guys, let you know, when you're installing... What, what does that, that mean? Water. One minute, two minute? What do you do? I, I normally I let it I let it go for, for five minutes. Okay. I like to really let it run because I want to make sure that all the new components underneath the sink are holding tight. I have no because you can get tiny little leaks. It's mm -hmm. so easy. So really let all the pressure come out of lines. 
run that water, and then what I like to do is after I run everything, because it's new construction, and you know this as well, the filters inside the, or the cartridges. Well, it's the screen. The screens. The screen. They get filled with dirt and debris that was during construction. So a lot of times some people get a, a brand new faucet. It's not working properly or or the water's not coming out with the full power. And it's like, did you check the screen inside? Because if you take that off, you're going to see a lot of debris. And it happens with all construction because there's so much dust and debris in the air. And that gets inside those lines. You just go through. You clean the screens out. And it's good for you to learn how to clean those screens for the future as well. Because our water does have a lot of debris that does get inside of it, and we're going to have to be cleaning that out every couple months or every year. Um, and then kind of on the tail end of this, you know, if you have some more complex systems, uh, for example, John had radiant heat floors uh, in his house, um, you know, there's a manifold that goes along with that. It's a zoned system. You're going to want a detailed walkthrough of that. Like, that is... I mean, if you've ever seen a, a manifold in a, in a mechanical room for, for a... Um, for a radiant heat floor, it is a piece of art, at least as far as I'm concerned. But there's a lot of complexity. It can be very intimidating. So to get a, a, a real good instruction on that is, is is really great. That was a learning experience um, for me. Absolutely. It had to be. Absolutely. I, I, mean, I, I never knew about it until the plumber yeah, walked me through. For sure. Showed me how to turn off certain zones. For sure. Something wasn't working. So yeah. now look, guys, I'm not a plumber. <laughs> there's no way if I have a problem I'm not getting in there and I'm not going to No, but if it. you have a bedroom that isn't used, you know how to turn Absolutely. a zone off so you're not wasting right. Correct. So, um and then the, the other the other uh mechanical I was going to note is solar uh because it's obviously becoming more and more prevalent. Um I've never personally done a solar system, so I can't really give you too much detail there. Um but you know, there are inverters, there there can be battery packs if you're storing additional energy for off-grid use. Um so you know, anything that has a level of mechanical complexity you want your contractor to walk you through yeah. um, at this time at, at the post final inspection walkthrough I think it's a really nice thing uh, to have your final payment uh, in hand uh, to hand to the contractor and, and say thank you and, and yeah. you know make sure they know that you appreciated the job um, you know you're not you're not withholding those funds or sending them a week later put that check in their hands um, you know, as you're as you're coming to the, the conclusion of the walkthrough, um, just uh, you know, as a as a like I said, as a, as a thank you, and and you know, making sure that uh, everybody's doing their part. They did theirs. They got the job done, and and you're doing yours. And and let me also say, in the same breath, this is the final payment. This isn't the retainage. Yeah. So we went through payment schedules. I think it was episode five. Um, you know, retainage is, is still held back. Retainage is held until the punch list is complete. So your final payment, you're you're holding back that 10% retainage again, and now you've got the 10% in your account from each and every payment. And that is the 10% of the total contract value, and you're going to be handing that over to the contractor when the punch list is done. So no time like the present. Let's dive into let's, a punch list. Let's get right into the, into the punch list. Sure. And you know, guys, and I think, you know, on the punch list, you know, a couple things we want to make sure is, look, we you want to make sure that those small items get fixed. And those are things that we all know that happen. You get nicks on walls. You might get a nick on a well, cabinet. Before you even dive into that, I really want to touch on the timing the for timing the punch list because you know, as well as I do, it can, delay, this it can is, go on for a long time. This is what can yep. kill a contractor. Yes, it can. And, it's, and it's not right. 
I know everybody's busy and we all have schedules, but the fact of the matter is, is if you're going to withhold somebody's money that they've earned, ten percent is a good amount too. That you, it absolutely yeah. is. Then you owe it to be timely. You owe it to the contractor to be timely in your punch through walkthrough. So, so one the week, punch list. Are we saying the punch list walkthrough should be done over the course of the next week? So from the day that you're done with your walkthrough with the GC, get your punch list done in the next seven days. You've got, there's a weekend in there, you've got evenings, and you can do it each and every night. Now, I'm going to go back to something I've said in a number of episodes. Field Lens <laughs> makes this very easy. I'm not going to drill on it. There's a link in the show notes to Field Lens. You can use it if you want. If not, you write down a list. But the idea is, and we're going to get into all the things to look for in a second, but the idea of the punch list is you're going to write down every last thing that you believe needs to be addressed. The contractor's going to come back, and you're going to have a conversation. And I would assume probably 90% are going to be, yes, okay, these are my responsibility. I understand that. But it's always a conversation. You've, you've been communicating through this entire job, so you've got a really good working relationship together. And, and, you, and you agree on, on the punch list. One just comment that I want to make is I like when my clients, like you said, take that week, get that punch list, but also send it to me prior to me coming there. Yeah. So at least I can review it. So I can, no one's looking to surprise anybody, right? You've gone Correct. through, you've, this person is your friend. Your contractor is your friend. You, you have a, a strong relationship with them at this point. So I just like them to send me the punch list. It's transparent. I see it. I go, okay, I get it. And I think at the same time, the contractor knows those small items. He's been there long enough. He knows certain things that he has to fix. So I don't think it's going to be a surprise for him. But if there is something that maybe, I don't know, just went over his head or he didn't think that was his responsibility, at least he's prepared. So it's not something when he gets there, it's like, ha-ha, gotcha. Right. You know what I mean? There's right. no gotcha moments here. Let's all be transparent. You walk through. He has an answer for you. And he says, no problem. I can fix that. Fix it. Fix it. Fix it. Or if there is something that maybe should have been there, he already knows and understands it, and he, and he can talk to you about it. A hundred, a hundred percent. So it's just, it's just about getting this thing done in a timely manner. And as we've said throughout this entire process, write it down and sign it, both of you. Yep. That way, there's no, there's no confusion. And we say that because what we've had in the past happen a lot is that you'll start a punch list. You start. Let me, let me rephrase that. As contractors, we will start to work on completing the punch list that the homeowner gave us, and then another item gets added, and then another item gets added, <laughs> and then another fucking item gets added. <laughs> and wait a second, this was one page. What happened? It turned right. to three. <laughs> and that's and that's not the way this works, guys. You know, it, it, it you've got to take the time in those yeah. seven days to go through your home and make sure that you're crossing T's and dotting I's. It, it's it's this is not an open-ended list no. once the two of you put your name on it the contractor is responsible for that list and only that list and in the same breath you know let's say you moved out a whole bunch of furniture and you have a moving company coming back in and they nick a wall or they bang a something cabinet, that's not yeah. the contractor's responsibility yeah. and it's up to you and your and, and and you being ethical to say, okay, this was the this was the the moving company's 
you know, fault. I'm going to, I'm going to find out what the contractor is going to charge me to fix this. And then I'm going to withhold that sum of money from the moving company because it wasn't the contractor's fault. And every dollar you make him spend is a dollar that you're taking out of his pocket. And that's not right at the end of the day. So we, we really, really stress that, look, we, we call contractors out when they're wrong, but we also have to call homeowners out when they're wrong. And from our past experience, this is generally what you see toward the end of the job. And look, I get it. Everybody wants their home perfect. And it's, wow, oh, this is easy. You can just do this. You can do that. Yeah, it may be easy, but you know what? It's time and time is money and you're not paying for it, right? You're asking them to pay for it. Yep. So, you know, make sure that the punch list is signed off. Uh, what I also like to do, keep that trusty roll of painter's tape with you. And put those little dabs of, you know, little rips of painter tape next to grout that needs to be fixed, next to a ding in the wall, next to this, next to that. So you know everything visually. If a moving company comes through and there's a new ding in the wall, well, guess whose fault that is? Because you've marked everything else. So, you know, it's just about it's just about having a system in place, writing things down, and keeping that level of communication and transparency with your contractor. And at the same time, why we said it's one list, one time, because the general contractor is going to try to get all of the subs yes. there at once, yes. right? He doesn't want to, and we've, we've gone through this in prior episodes, we know how many subcontractors are involved in this. So if you have your painter, if you have your sheetrocker, if you have your plumber, your electrician, your HVAC, your your framer, you know, you have all these guys, you have all these people that he needs to bring back there and certain things I'm sure he's doing himself. You know, normally the, the GC does a lot of the carpentry. But if he's bringing all these people, he wants those guys there once because for him to wrangle up everybody, it's hard for a general yeah. contractor because a lot of guys know the, the end of the job like that, it's not where they're making their money. So that's it, where they get screwed. That's where they get screwed. So they kind of say, oh, you know what? I don't want to, you know, it's tough. I don't want to go back there. I don't want to do that. But if you make it easy on the GC, he can get everybody there once and it's done. And guys, don't you want it over? You don't want, you don't want to have a week to two weeks of guys coming in for these little touch-ups here and there. You just want to say, you know what? I've had the renovation done. It looks beautiful. I love my home. I want to have my party. I want to show it off to all my friends. <laughs> exactly. Gone. You know what? I'll, I'll call you in a couple of years when I'm ready for the for the next one. So, And that's it. So I think that's really what it comes down to is get the list done as soon as possible. We said a week. Have it complete. Done. You sign off on it. And then that's it. So it's just... I can't stress that enough because, like you said, Anthony, yep. we've been there on the other side yes. where we had a list. And it's painful. And it grew and grew and grew. And then you're like, wait a second here. This was a renovation. We didn't work in that part of the house. Right. We weren't there. And then it becomes tit for tat. And you don't want that. No one wants that. It's It's been a fun job. Everyone's gotten along. You don't want to have a tit for tat at the end of the job. You just want to enjoy it. So. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, just as uh, just as some things for you guys to look to look for, the, the, the big things, I always look for nicks or dents in the sheetrock, um, any rough areas in the paint that weren't sanded properly before they were painted. Um, you could do that with a flashlight on the walls. Just shine the flashlight straight up the wall, get your head nice and close, and you'll be able to see any rough areas or anywhere they might have missed paint. Um, door adjustments. If you put the door halfway between open and close and it winds up swinging open or swinging closed, the door needs to be adjusted 
Uh, anywhere you put a door, it should stay there. Uh, that means it's level and it's plumb. Um, any cabinet adjustments on your kitchen cabinets, if, if the drawers aren't lined up correctly or a door is, is too close to another door and it's maybe uh, hitting as it goes by. Um, appliance leveling, if you notice anything is, is, is rocking or shaking, dishwasher or, or, uh, or your range. Um, checking the grout lines in the tile, making sure that they're completely filled, caulking around sinks um, and, and backsplashes. Um, and like I said, marking all of those with, with painters, painters tape. Th th those are the big ones that I see. Am I missing, did I miss I anything? I like, uh, a couple things that I, I like to do is, um, cause one OCD, it drives me crazy as I like <laughs> to make sure all the face plates on all the outlets are straight. There you go. You know, it's just, it's something small, no, but it's, that's absolutely. it's, it's a big deal to me. So I like to really look around. So all the outlets, all the switches, making sure that those face plates are nice plumb straight it'll looks good and something big and i think this is something that really you guys have to focus on is really inspect inside of your showers a lot of times when you're grouting inside of a shower you tend to miss certain areas it's very easy guys it's common don't think oh i i had a bad tile installer and he, he met this is very, very, when you're doing that much tile and you get those little corners, sometimes it's really hard to make sure that the grout adhered and you don't have any gaps. And the reason why I say this is because you don't want to, in a year or two, have any problems where water was getting behind the tile and then you have an issue. So really inspect those little corners inside of the showers and tubs in your new construction or renovation, whatever you're doing, because then you're going to say, you know what, I'm totally watertight here. I don't have any issues. Absolutely. Um, and last but not least, uh, you know, now you've got all this retainage money that you're holding. The retainage is to be paid upon the completion of the punch list. Um, you know, we really highly suggest that you get that check out quickly, again, as a sign of respect for saying, listen, you came back, you did everything you said you were going to do. We got it done. I'm not withholding you know, your money, and, and we get it out to you. And I think if you do that, if you practice what you just said, you make it very easy. Here's, here's my list. Systems, One week, right? It's always system, systems. Right? You do all those in a line. Look, at the same time, when you start living in a house, for example, even just building my home after being in it for three, four, five months, you being here in inside of your loft. Yep. Things sometimes it takes it takes a little time to, to break down. I say that because when you're caulking, for example, things expand, they contract because of the different temperatures that we live in, especially in the Northeast, happens all the time. That's not that's not the contractor's problem, or that's not his fault. But he will come back. If you were good to him, you say, hey, look, you know what? That caulk that you did on the outside of the window, I can really see a big gap. I think it was because we were right in the summertime and it got really cool in the fall. And I think that that caulk, you know, it just needs a little touch up. They'll come back. Right. But if you made the process that difficult at the end of the job, right. those things that you want them to come back for, it's going to be a little tough. Same thing like you said on doors. How many, how many doors have we done where everything's perfect, right? It, it closes great, but then it starts getting into winter, and now the door's rubbing because it expanded. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's things. It's just things like that. I think it's just if you make it easy at the end when you want the contractor to come back, he will come back. No, you know, no, no, no worries on that. He's not right. going to say no way. I'm not going to do it. 
right. you know, he's going to do it. Absolutely. So, guys, uh, this concludes the project planning series. Um, you know, we, we've taken you through the initial planning stages of, of your aesthetic and creating digital design notebooks, uh, budgeting your project, building your team, communicating with your general contractor, defining that process and change orders, payment schedules, and all the job walkthroughs. So we've gone from beginning to end of a construction project, and we've got a bunch of good downloadable content uh, in the show notes for each of these episodes. Uh, it's a whole file with, with uh, working documents that you can use, with template documents that you can study to create your own. And, um, and that, and that wraps it up guys. Hallelujah, baby. You did it. You got through the project. So lots of good luck with your construction project and we will see you next week. That's another episode of home with the cousins. Hey guys, real quick before you go, we just want to say thanks for listening to the show this week. And if you have a second, please subscribe on the Apple podcast app or wherever you get your podcasts. And share the show with your friends so we can keep growing this great community. Remember to check out homewiththecousins.com to read our show notes from this episode, see past episodes, download our free renovation document package, or just to send us a note. You can also find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Carino Anthony and at Culinary John. Our show is produced and edited by yours truly, with original music intro and outro created by Steve and Joseph Padula. I'm Anthony Carino, and thanks for listening.